Hey, this is Alex Turcotte. Hey, this is Doc Emmerich here. Hey, this is Sean Avery. Hey, this is Jamie Baker. Hey, this is Jason Zucker. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. So, what is going on, guys? Frank Zorowski here, Tomahawk Roundup, WNTH, 88.1 FM, Chicago, here with a special guest, former professional hockey player, Jeff Lavecchio, and owner of Ripped Hockey Training Center. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing great, brother. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, this past summer, I had a chance to visit Utah. I was all over the state in Arizona as well. And it's a place that's really remote, but you don't think hockey would exist there. However, you your experience proves otherwise because you played with the Utah Grizzlies of the East Coast Hockey League. What was it like playing in such a remote and unique environment? <laughs> you want to talk about remote, buddy. I also played in a town in Italy that had 700 people in the city, and we had 2,000 people at every game. Uh, I obviously, when I signed with that Italian team, I had no idea how small the city was. That was my first foray in the European professional hockey, and uh, I definitely would not have signed it. I thought it known it was a town of 700 people, but it was really exciting. And uh, Playing in a town like Utah definitely got me prepared to head over to Europe for the smaller cities that some of those pro teams are in. Um, playing in Utah was phenomenal. I only wound up playing maybe 25 games my whole career in the East Coast League. Uh, but I enjoyed my time in Utah. There were a lot of people there were unbelievable, super nice people out there, and I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, so going off of what you said about Italy, you've played all over the world, from Italy to Hungary to Norway, even in Japan with their hockey teams. What has the ride been like for you playing all over the globe and doing what you love? Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, obviously the goal wasn't for me to do that, right? I mean, the goal was to play in the NHL and have a long career there. Uh, I signed with the Boston Bruins after my my junior year of college. Uh, I built my senior year, and unfortunately, going into my first year pro, I sustained a really, really bad concussion. Um, I had post concussion syndrome for almost almost a year and a half. Well, probably about a year. I finally saw the same doctors that Crosby saw and all that out in Pittsburgh. And that's when things really started to turn around. I didn't know if I would play hockey again. And luckily, I wound up getting to play in seven NHL preseason games, and I had two goals and assists, a fight. I hit a guy through the glass against Montreal. Um, you know, did almost everything I could to try and make it. Unfortunately, I kept getting concussions in the American League, so I decided to go over to Europe. And, uh, yeah, so my first year I played in Italy, then I played in um, Lillehammer, Norway. Then I played in the Austrian League, which is a team that's got, like, nine teams in Austria. And then three teams in surrounding countries. Uh, one of them was right near Budapest in Hungary, which Budapest is my favorite European city by far, no doubt about it. Um, and then I went to Oslo, Norway. And then I played in Japan for two years. And then I went back to that team um, right outside Budapest in the Austrian League. So I played seven years overseas in Europe, kind of all these different countries, got to experience a lot of different cultures. Uh, each league was slightly different in the way that they played the game of hockey, so that was also pretty cool for me to see and have to learn to adapt to. And overall, just a lot of great life experiences. And I mean, for me at the time, if you're not playing in the NHL, there was more money to be made for me personally overseas in Europe as opposed to playing in the minors. So, you know, for life experiences and money-wise, it was the right decision for myself. Yeah, so you and I have something in common. We both suffered a severe concussion. Mine resulted in permanent nerve damage in my left eye. Yours resulted in post-concussion syndrome. 
I know what the recovery process from a severe concussion is personally, but can you go into that from a professional athlete's point of view? You know, what's it like going through the regiment every day, getting better every bit by bit? Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty terrible for me, to be honest with you. Um, for the first probably eight to nine months, um, I was my concussion unfortunately happened right when, like, right before concussions started. I mean, I don't want any concussions to ever happen, but before they became, like, more mainstream and people talking about them more, mine unfortunately happened right before that. So the concussion protocol back then was super archaic. It was basically like, oh, uh, wait you feel good for two or three days in a row. We'll put you on the bike for 10 minutes. If you can stand that, then we'll do it another time, and then we'll go on the ice. And that's not really what they do anymore. They progress you in a lot of different ways. Even if you can't work out and can't keep your, your heart rate up, there's things you can be doing for your eyes, uh, breathing, meditation, all these things that I wound up pretty much seeking out on my own because the science, like, at, at least with... Um, medical doctors like they just didn't didn't know what they were doing basically to, to return the play um so i did a lot of sitting around i'm not gonna lie there was a lot of depression involved with it not because uh like of, of i think the chemicals in my brain being uh imbalanced which they were but because i just signed my first nhl deal i thought i was so close to achieving everything i worked for my whole life and then I wasn't even allowed to work out. Like, I couldn't even do anything to get better to try and come back into play. So I just sat around for nine months and went through this vicious cycle of trying to work out, getting dizzy, feeling terrible, and then having to be shut down for a week. And then I'd feel better after a few weeks, again, and then it would happen again. And it was just this kind of vicious cycle that just kept happening until I finally went out to the University of Pittsburgh Medical Clinic and they taught me a whole bunch of different things I could do. They taught me out some medicine. I was back practicing in like two and a half months after that, after winding up sitting around doing nothing for nine or ten months. Um, so if there's anybody listening that ever gets a concussion, make sure you go to doctors that are, are, are um, know about concussions and know how to treat them, know how to handle them, see them in athletes in your specific sport and make sure you have your neck checked out because another big problem we had that I had no idea was I had a lot of whiplash and neck symptoms that can mimic concussions. Um, so if anybody's listening and they've ever had concussion problems, like seek out every bit of help you can. Don't just go to one doctor. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I remember my concussion. I knew something wasn't right and just just I felt like I was going to pass out. They said that someone was wrong with my eye and no, but I really I really appreciate that because I we have a lot of young hockey players listening to my show from around the world, around the country. So your advice is golden to them. So you started your own hockey training center in St. Louis if I'm correct, ripped hockey training. What was the transition like from playing hockey yourself to helping other young people play hockey? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not personally someone that believes in uh, fate or that things happen for a reason, but I do believe in everything in life, you decide how you react to it. There's going to be good things that happen to us, there's going to be bad things that happen to us. And you can learn from a bad thing that happens to you and make that motivate you to get better and to learn from it and come back as a stronger, more well-rounded person. Or you sit in the closet and pout, and, and you know, that's just not me. So after I had those concussions, you know, I knew that obviously, um, no, even if I was healthy and I was playing the NHL, no one's cocky career lasts forever. I mean, Wayne Gretzky had to retire. Mark Messier had to retire. 
Mr. Solani has retired. Like, you're going to have to retire at some point. And me, obviously, being inclined to having concussions, and I had a couple more after that bad one, I knew, okay, one day I'm not going to be able to play hockey and be healthy and do these things. So I decided to start training people because for me, you know, I was the most, I didn't have the most innate ability. I was the most naturally skilled guy. I worked for everything I have. There's people out there who say that, and, and they do have a lot of natural ability plus they work on. I really didn't have that much natural ability. Like, I signed my NHL deal out of, out of sheer will, out of sheer work ethic. I eat, sleep, breathe hockey, and that's how I did it. So, I had taken all these things that I learned from my college strength coach. I went to school for exercise science, so all the classes that I took, um, everywhere I went, I was always trying to get better, trying to get an edge up on, on my competition, and, and find any single little sliver of, of ability that I could uh, maximize out of myself and I put that passion into training people and my first summer I had two clients and um, I was still playing at the time and when you're playing pro hockey you only if you're, if you're in the summer you only work out and, and maybe skate towards the end of the summer that's all you have to do you just got to get in shape and get your mind right and be ready for the season so I had all this time on my hand and so I was like you know what I might as well start building a business now and see if I like it and also make a little extra money because I mean who doesn't like money um, so I started with two clients, and the next year I think I had ten. And then the third summer, and this is only in the summer because obviously I was going playing during the year. And then the next summer I think I jumped to like fifty. Then the next summer it was a hundred, and it just kept doubling and getting bigger and getting bigger and getting getting bigger. And by the seventh year of my company, I was like, I right, you know what, this is going to be my last year playing. Um, I suffered another concussion while I was playing in Japan. That's why I'm missing a tooth. I took a puck in the face. And I was like, okay, I really, if I take another one, I don't know how I'm going to feel. So I decided I would play one more year and then give everything I had to my training company. I built my reputation in St. Louis um, and, and, you know, starting to kind of around the country a little bit with, with players. You know, uh, I trained around the world remotely. Uh, pro guys playing in the NHL call me, hey, would you write me a program to do in the summer? Um, and things like that. So it really kind of took off, and I was like, okay, I'd rather be healthy and keep my brain safe for the rest of my life, maybe retire three or four years early, but start to help the next generation. And that's what I've done, and it's been extremely rewarding. And if I, you know, like I said in the beginning, I don't believe in fate or anything, but you can use those bad things that happen to you and turn them into a positive. And I feel like I'm trying to do that with my life. And help these young hockey players in St. Louis uh, get better and reach their goals, whether that's make a, a double-A team if they're an A player or if they're a double-A player trying to make that jump to triple-A, or you're trying to make it in juniors, get a scholarship, my NHL guys trying to make more money, you know, play better. Whatever their goals are, my goal is to help them reach those goals, and, and it's what I love to do, and luckily uh, I get to call it a job now. Yeah, so who are some of your most prolific clients that we might have heard about, whether they're in juniors, double-A, triple-A, NHL? Give us some insight into your into your big-name business that is Ripped Hockey. Yeah, so um, this is only my second full year of doing it because I retired two seasons ago. So last hockey season was my first year being retired, um, and then this year is my second. So I picked up a couple of big names this summer because prior to that, I had a couple NHL guys that are from St. Louis asking me to train them. But the European pro season starts two months before the NHL season. Oh, wow. So I would have to leave the last day of July for training camp August 1st over in Europe. But NHL training camp starts around September 15th. So, 
you know, I always said to those guys, look, I would love to train you, but it makes no sense for you to be with one trainer for three months and then the last two months or last month of your, of your uh, big push to get ready for the season, you'd have to switch to someone else who has different philosophies and yada, yada, yada. So this summer was, uh, you know, I started getting some bigger name guys and then some younger guys I brought up. And I have Joseph Wall, who's going to be the cornerstone of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's goaltender. This is his first year pro. I've had him since he was 15. Uh, had Logan Brown uh, first time this year. He just solidified himself as an NHL player for Ottawa this year. Uh, Trent Frederick, first rounder to Boston. Um, his brother Grant, who's a senior at Miami of Ohio. Um, Alex Weidman, his brother Chris, is in the NHL. He's going to be in the DEL, the highest uh, league in Germany next year. Unbelievably skilled guy. Um, Tyler Parks, professional goaltender, will be in the AHL sometime this year. He's killing it in the East Coast League. Michael Hutterbrinker, um, Ryan McKinnis, his dad, Hall of Famer Al McKinnis. I'm sure you've heard of him. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's crushing it in the, yeah, he's crushing it in the AHL. I actually trained all of Al McKinnis' kids, which for me and Jeff Browns, I have Caden Brown, who plays for USA, Logan's brother. Which for me, that, that's probably the biggest compliment I have is that these NHL Hall of Famers and NHL stars trust me to train their kids that shows more to me than probably anything else i could possibly do that they keep coming back to me year after year so that's been really exciting yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, you know, just taking a bad situation, obviously nobody likes to get a concussion, but you're making the best of it and you're paying it forward, you know, if anybody's in the St. Louis area of my listeners, definitely check Jeff Lavecchio's clinic out, uh, he's a full-time trainer, ripped hockey, Jeff, is there anything else you want to add before we head out? Well, I just want to pump your tires, man, I just gotta say, you reaching out to me and I saw the, the list of guests that you have on your show extremely exciting i thought you were in college or a professional journalist so i just want to say what you're doing is awesome and uh you got a lot of positivity and energy in your voice it's super exciting i'm really glad you asked me to come on and wish you nothing but the best and if you see on social media anybody i'm friends with and you want me to uh pump your tires to them you can try and get an interview for you i would love to help you in any way i can any schools out there give this guy a scholar he's killing it all right jeff lavecchio ripped hockey thank you so much jeff Absolutely, buddy. Have a good night. Thank you. You too.